Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Monday, January 20th. This is your FT News Briefing. First, tech companies funded by the U.S. government have been helping Iranian anti-regime protesters. And now, there's been an increase in the use of circumvention software in the country. Next, officials in Brussels are concerned by the U.K.'s latest promise to break away from EU rules after Brexit. Then, SpaceX could launch NASA astronauts into space as soon as March. Plus, the FT's Andrew Edgecliff-Johnson explains how climate change and big tech will drive the agenda at Davos this year. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Since the Iranian protests in 2018, the U.S. has been working more to provide citizens with options on how they communicate with each other and with the outside world. That's according to what a State Department official told the FT. That help included giving people the tools to get around the government's censorship efforts. U.S. government-funded tech companies have been providing apps and servers, installing anti-tracking software, and helping people to navigate data shutdowns. And it turns out these tech companies have seen an increase in the amount Iranians are using the circumvention software in the last few weeks. One company that provides a way to get around firewalls to reach Western servers said it saw a 25% jump in January. That coincided with the U.S. assassination of Iranian General Qasem Soleimani, causing Iran to retaliate with an attack on bases housing U.S. troops. Shortly after the strikes, it emerged that Iran's Revolutionary Guard accidentally shot down a civilian aircraft, killing everyone on board, including many Iranians. Iranians have been met with internet outages during subsequent protests, and the U.S. is hoping to counter future outages by boosting offline tools such as Bluetooth messaging and certain peer-to-peer networks. Last week, the FT ran an interview with UK Chancellor Sajid Javid, where he said once the UK leaves the EU, that's it. Britain won't be staying in line with EU rules, and he urged businesses to adjust to this future. And it turns out EU officials were pretty ruffled by that plan. One EU official told the FT that the economy should prepare for the worst. Another source, a European diplomat, said there was no stopping Britain if it wanted to pursue this loose relationship, but they warned it would cause economic damage. It wasn't just Brussels that showed concern over Mr. Javid's comments. Britain's car and aerospace industries, among others, have criticized the plans. They said that a move away from EU regulations would cost them billions of pounds and, quote, damage UK manufacturing and consumer choice. The UK is set to leave the EU by the end of the month with a transition period following the exit. Prime Minister Boris Johnson has insisted that transition period would not need to go beyond December 31st of 2020. But there have been several warnings from the bloc saying it's too short. Mr. Javid told the FT, quote, There will not be an alignment. We will not be a rule taker. We will not be in the single market and we will not be in the customs union. And we will do this by the end of the year. And SpaceX successfully completed an emergency escape simulation with NASA, putting the private space exploration company on track for bigger things. SpaceX is led by Tesla chief executive Elon Musk, and on Sunday, the Falcon 9 rocket took off from Florida, traveling at 1,200 miles per hour for about a minute and a half before the engine malfunctioned. Now, this was planned in order to see whether, in a real emergency, people aboard the rocket could escape in a capsule. The capsule in Sunday's test had two mannequins in it. It parachuted down to the Atlantic Ocean where teams from SpaceX and from the U.S. Air Force performed a rescue exercise. 
SpaceX was the first commercial company to launch an aircraft into orbit. Sunday's test means SpaceX could launch real NASA astronauts into space as soon as March. And here's a story you should know more about. Tuesday marks the beginning of the World Economic Forum's annual meeting in the town of Davos, Switzerland. Some of the world's most influential people will be there to discuss a variety of issues facing modern society, including tech regulations, climate change, and global trade in a world of rising nationalism. The FT's Andrew Edgecliff Johnson will be in Switzerland for the meeting. He walked me through Davos's biggest factors, starting with Donald Trump. Donald Trump skipped Davos last year because of the shutdown in Washington. But two years ago, he did come to Davos and ended up surprising most of the regular Davos goers by having a fairly mollifying message that America first didn't mean America alone. When the United States grows, so does the world, he said at the time. And the message was really an overt pitch for international investment. America was open for business. He wanted big multinationals the kind of CEOs who gather in Davos from around the world to open new factories, open new offices all over the US. And that was his reason for going there. I think he's still very keen on that kind of inward investment. I think there will be messages about America's place in the world. This is definitely taking place in the shadow of recent events in Iran. We'll be listening out for any new messaging about American foreign policy. I think he is most importantly going to Davos almost to counter-program the impeachment. This is going to be taking place at a time when the U.S. Senate is debating whether the president of the United States should be impeached, removed from office. Andrew, last week we saw Google hit a $1 trillion valuation mark for the first time. It's the fourth tech company to hit that mark. Tech will have such a big presence at Davos. What are companies feeling going into the meeting? What's their line? It's surprisingly defensive for an industry which, as you say, is hitting new record valuations. Only a few years ago, tech companies were the darlings of Davos. Now, particularly in Europe, they're under pressure from regulators and from consumers They're seen as overweening. There's talk of antitrust action on both sides of the Atlantic to break these companies up. So the mission of the largest companies going into Davos this week is to persuade the companies and the governments with which they deal that they are able to self-regulate and that they should not have unwanted regulation thrust upon them. Another topic on everyone's mind is climate change. The COP25 climate conference in Madrid finished up last month. Is climate change going to be something that we see at Davos as well? I think it's going to be the biggest topic, to be honest. Going into Davos, the World Economic Forum puts out a report every year called the Global Risks Report. This year, for the first time, the top five risks on its list were all related to some form of climate-related disruption. So what's interesting this year is that businesses from large investors to insurance companies to banks to consumer product companies are all thinking about their climate impact and about what they need to do to reduce the risks that they face themselves from disruption related to everything from rising temperatures to flooding to migration. 
One of the most anticipated speakers in Davos this week will be Greta Thunberg, who is arriving with a large group of other climate activists to address the World Economic Forum annual meeting. But I think we will see an awful lot of talk about companies positioning themselves to be less harmful to the environment. I think we will also see some fairly meaningful pledges, particularly from the financial sector. Large investors are going to have to follow the lead of Larry Fink at BlackRock who said last week that BlackRock was going to reduce its exposure to companies which make most of their money from coal. So there is a certain one-upmanship now. Companies are competing with each other to show that they're on the right side of history on this issue. But there is still concern among the Davos-going CEOs about the trade-offs they're going to have to make, just how far they can go in reducing their carbon footprints without it costing them an awful lot of money. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.